What would you say is your... I always ask a, a lot of the people I have on the show, what was your define, defining moment Then you went, oh, okay. I see where I got to go now. Maybe maybe you already said it. Just Def- no, defining moment came... I've been thinking about this lately. 1993, I was a mess. I got fired from that house MC job. Me and my ex-wife were at war. War! You know, she can't see the baby. You have a daughter. It was... It was just terrible. And I went into a funk and I came back here for eight months and I walked those streets in the city. A friend of mine gave me a job dropping off packages from, mm. not drug packages, phone right. communication packages. I drove a limo. I joined a boxing gym on 48th Street right by Port Authority. Yeah, I would put a suit in there with clothes. I would sell cars on 12th Avenue, mm. go there, change, walk around the city, do comedy, drop packages off. Mm. And walking around the city and doing comedy at shitholes, you know, let me know what I had to do, my mission. It was till I walked into your old Triple Inn at 12.30 midnight, and I saw John Leguizamo working out to a room with eight people. But if you looked at that motherfucker, in his mind, he was at the garden. Right. In his mind, he was at the garden. Everybody complained about that room. You signed up at 11, and it went till 4 in the fucking morning. So I would, I would sign up and then go to JFK and pick up a Japanese tourist in the limo, drop him off in the city, and by the time I got to it, I mean, what number we up to? You're number 56, we're up to 48. It was like two in the morning. So that all got me prepared. That all got me prepared. I'll wrap it up with this. I know you got things to do. No, no, no. My, no, my, I'm de- my defining moment was I'm in Boulder. It's 1995. I'm fucking struggling, Chaz. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the drugs. I'm struggling with every part of my life except comedy. The comedy was booming. The comedy was keeping me alive. I'm, I'm selling Valium. I'm snorting coke. I'm, I'm sleeping with weird women every night. You know, I had a basement apartment. I called it the Rocky apartment. Right. It was a bench, uh, a Sony Trinitron, a couch, and that bench worked for everything. Lifting, eating dinner. Right. You know, and I had a couch, I had a shower, and I had a room with a bed that the bed was too big for the room. Right. Couldn't even open the door. So I took the door off, and you just jumped in the room right. on the bed. It was the Rocky apartment. Right. And uh, I was in hell. I was working for a sports gambling service, Stu Finer, out of mm. Long Island. Yeah. I was working for him in Colorado. Wow. I've known him for 30 years. He comes to the shows at the yeah. Sony Theater. Yeah. So uh, I'm working for him. I'm making money, but at the time, I'm 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 just paying off an attorney for the, the, the divorce. divorce i'm just wow and for every time i have to call 400 400 every time i call to say so how long were you in the divorce years the, the separation started in 91 and i think she filed for divorce in like 93 and then it went back and forth and then it was about the, the adoption the adoption they wanted to change her name we want to change her name because you adopted her no, she oh, was my I'm sorry, daughter. It was your daughter. But she right. remarried, so she's like, we want to change her name because Diaz, racism in Colorado. And I'm like, there are fucking thousand Mexicans in Denver. Thousand Mexicans. And they, they, they're busting my balls, Chaz. Every week, they're busting my balls. Busting my balls. The Christmas before, 94. Right. They called my attorney. They go, we're not going to give you the kid. We just don't want to give him to you. Chaz, I had two felonies. I pleaded to... Second degree burglar, I got myself the best attorney in the world. Right. A white Amerigan with a little fucking bow tie. Right. He looked like fucking the right. dude in Yellowstone. 
right. with the little fucking bow tie. Yeah. I got him, and he got it knocked. He, he hired an investigator, cost him like 20 large, and we searched for violence in my life. There was no violence. So since I was getting charged with violent crimes, he goes, I'm going to prove you're not violent. Right. So he turned that around, and he got it knocked down to second-degree burglary and accessory to a felony. And the both felonies, I did my time, I came out, and I was moving on. But if you get a third felony, you go to fucking jail for life. Yeah. Guess what's going on? These motherfuckers are baiting me. They're baiting me. They're baiting me. Yeah. So 94, they called my attorney. They go, we're not going to give them to you. I was so furious. I went to my buddy's house, and I got a butcher knife. Because when my wife left me, she took everything, even the fucking mustard. <laughs> what miserable woman takes the fucking mustard? They right. took the mustard, the ketchup, the chopsticks. So I went to my buddy's house to get a fucking butcher knife. And I went to where the guy worked, the boy, the guy she was dating. See, they baited you, bro. And dog, I was in. It was no more. I smoked the joint. Right. I called my buddy and I said, do me a favor. When I get to my destination, send me a fax machine so I could send Jay Leno jokes. Because Jay Leno was paying 25 bucks a joke. Right. So if I go to jail, at least I could write jokes for Jay Leno. Right. My buddy said, you got my word. I'll send you a fax machine and a joint. Wow. So I was already mentally prepared to kill these motherfuckers. Right. As much as I wanted to be a father and be a fucking comic. And right. I went into the building. Lady goes to me, who are you here to see upstairs? I didn't even look at her. It was over. I was prepared to go to jail. I was right. going to sit down. You ever see that scene, Midnight Express, when he kills Rompke, he bites his tongue out, right. and he just sits there and smokes a cigarette with blood all over right. his face? I saw that fucking scene. And I walked in there, and I'll never forget, I walked into the guy's office, and the receptionist was there. It was about 11.30. Right. It was early. I was going to kill him before lunch. And I walk in, and I go, where's John? And she goes, he left for lunch. And I remember, like, my whole body fell apart. And then by that time, a security guard caught up to me because I had just walked past the lady. Right, right. And I went into the car, and I just started crying, Chaz. Like, I can't believe they pushed me. To yeah. this spot. I can't believe you. This motherfucker doesn't know how lucky he is. Right. And two hours later, out of grace, they called me. They said, you have your baby on Christmas Day. We're going to give it to you. He didn't wow. know I went to, he didn't know I went to stab him. So then it started. Now, they had sent people to beat me up. They broke my rib. Right. And they hit my dog with a two by four because he was from Idaho. He's one of those OJ motherfuckers from Idaho. Yeah. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to play it. I can't keep living like this. And by February, I go, that's it. I became friends with a Vietnam vet from the time I moved to to Boulder. Right. I had met this guy in 1985, and now it's 95. I always thought the guy was a medic until I went to his house, and I saw he had eyeballs in his house from all the fucking people he killed in Vietnam. This guy was a fucking savage, and he saw what I was going through. Right. And he came to me one day, and he goes, it's time for me to kill this bitch. He goes, I'm going to get a police uniform, and I'm going to detour him into Chautauqua Park, and I'm going to take them both, slice them, and rub maple syrup on them and tie them to a tree. He goes, they'll never find them, maybe an elbow, because the bears won't eat the elbow. Right, right. So I had this lunatic in my ear, and I'm like, this is the last motherfucker I need in my ear. To go all the way back, my mother came to this country at 14, not because she wanted to come to America, because she went to a dance with her sister Rosita, and while they were in the dance, Rosita was missing. My mom went outside and Rosita was getting raped. My mom took a rum bottle and cut the guy in half. 
and they sent her to the United States as a 14-year-old girl, and she moved to the fucking Bronx with a Puerto Rican girl, and that's how they started their bookmaking operation. No, we don't fuck around. The, the Valdezes, my mother's side of the family, they're fucking animals. The Diaz side, they're from Camaway, and they right, dressed right, in right. white, and ha, ha, ha. Right, right, right. juleps. Not the Valdezes. The Valdezes are dirty motherfuckers. My uncle's 85 years old, owns a bar in L.A. Guess who the doorman is? Him. He walks five miles a day. He hits the bag five days a week, right. and he bangs a 37-year-old once a week. He pays her rent in Huntington Park. <laughs> okay? He lives with his mistress, and he's divorced from his wife. That's my 85-year-old uncle. The Valdezes don't fuck around. In fact, they own the club in Cuba, La Factoria. Right. That big club where everybody goes in Cuba. Yeah. That's my family. That's your family. Emmy Alfonso is one of the biggest singers in Cuba. That's family. They're all Valdezes. The Valdezes wow. are nitty gritty. So I've always known this about my my uncle always warned me. He goes, You got those genes. Don't let don't get ever get caught in that passion. Because you got those genes, Coco. You got that you got that thing. So I knew I wanted to kill this motherfucker. They hurt me so much, Chaz. Yeah. And this is why I became a comic, because I would drop her off on Wednesdays. Right. And I would sit in my car and cry because I knew what they were doing yeah, to me. Yeah, comics have a lot of pain. I would cry and I would force myself to go do stand-up. Little did I know, I was training a fucking animal. I was training a fucking animal. Right. So I had already decided for me to live in peace that the next time these people disrespected me, I was killing them both. Right. I was just going to fucking kill them both. I had had it with them. Because they were starting to fuck with everything that my mom believed. My mom was anti-revolutionary. Right. Those people are the worst Americans in the world. The people who left Cuba before Fidel, like right. during Fidel, those are the best Americans in the fucking world. Was they grateful? They love America. They're like, grateful. I'm That's happy right. my mother died when I was 16. She wanted to send me to the army for fucking 10 years, then college, and then go back into the army. Because of what this country did for them. So your mom died when you were 16. 16. And your father died when you Three. were... Three. 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 Joey, it, it's, it is absolutely... <laughs> I'm listening to your life, and it's a fucking miracle that you're here. Dog. It is a miracle that you survived. It's a miracle that you achieved what you achieved. And that's why I, I'm turning 60 in two weeks, and that's why I'm slowing everything down. I just want to enjoy... This daughter that I have now, God gave me a second chance. Right. He threw this fucking savage in my life. I got a 10-year-old that's a fucking savage now. Wow. I got my hands full with her. I can see what direction this is going, and I really want to spend time with her. Of course. Because I don't want what happened to me right. to happen to her. Well, I've been to your home. You have a beautiful home. You have a wonderful life there. So, yes, I... I, I it just goes to show you the people to anybody. You know, it doesn't matter how fucking low you are. It doesn't matter how fucking bad or broke you are. You could come back if you really decide to do it. I mean, you're a testament to all those people you say, get off the fucking couch. Get off. What I always fuck? see you. Get off the motherfucking couch. Do something with your life. Because if I could do it, you could do it. And that's what I'm saying to you. No GED and fucking, you know, quit high school, prison. You know, I became a comic because... I was going to become a, a lawyer. I was already at the university. See, I got into the University of Colorado on the SPIC program. I applied as, Jose, as Joey Diaz, but they accepted me as Jose Diaz, and they gave me 20000 cash a year. And all I had to do was come up with a 2.0 average. 
Are you kidding me? Wow. And then they spoke to me already about going to the law school. So I was headed to that CU law school with that government money. I, that was my chance. A month before that, I get nailed for the kidnapping. But the moment that really let me know who the fuck I was at, I was 33 years old. And I had my daughter in the car. She was five. It was like April of 95. And I was going back and forth with these yahoos. And we're driving, and my daughter says to me, Daddy, what does Spick mean? Five years old and bolder. That's not even mentioned there. They call them beaners right, right. In, the, in the West Coast. So yeah. I go, where did you hear that? And she goes, when you call the house, mom's boyfriend says that. That was it. That was it. In my mind, he's dying today. He's dying. He's dying <laughs> He's another today. one who's about to die. He's dying today. That's it. This is not even worth it anymore. I said a couple of prayers. I'm just going to take them apart with my hand. I couldn't show her what I was going through. We finished our little fucking little afternoon delight. Yeah. And then at 5 o'clock, I had to meet at Albertsons. Prior to that, I had a little problem in Boulder. I, was it before the kid? Something. I did something in Boulder. Right. I shoplifted something like a dumb fuck that I am. And I got right. caught and I gave my buddy's name. Right. And because it wasn't serious. Right. And I'm I'm in the fucking county jail. They're fingerprinting me. They're going, Joey, how you doing? And on the fucking yeah. slip it says Chaz Parmentary. And I'm right, like, right, right. I hope they don't look at that slip. I'm getting fingerprinted. And they're like, Joey, where you been? We haven't seen you in a year. And I'm like, ah, you know how it is. I'm yeah, trying right, to walk. Right. And on that fucking slip. So they let me out. I went back to court under that name and did, you know, what am I gonna do? I gotta right. And then later on, they called me like, we found out you were Jose Diaz, you cocksucker. But I had already done the community service. But while I did the community service, I picked AIDS. AIDS was big in 87. People were not confused. I had done time with a bunch of guys with AIDS, and they were fucking dynamite. Right, sure. They opened their their little AIDSville to me, and we had a great time in the prison. And when I got out, I go, I'm going to give back to the AIDS people. So I went there to paint the wall, and I would clean up and talk to the AIDS people. But there was a cop. AIDS was this tricky victim in 95 still. Yeah. There was a cop in front of the place, and he would talk to me. And after a while, I told him who I was, and I got a felony, and I, that was me who kidnapped the dude. And, right. And we became friends. And then he's like, how come you're always down? So I would tell him the stories of what was going on with this fucking woman and my daughter and my comedy. So this one day, I'm driving to Albertsons to drop her off, and I see him out there standing out there with his fucking Amity gun, you know. Picking up your daughter. Yeah, like he's like, you know, first of all, that's my ex-wife's first mistake, was sending this poor bastard. Why would you send because your Because that's boyfriend? what they do. They think that they don't know who the fuck they're. It's like when Jesus was hanging there, and he goes, God, forgive him. They don't fucking have a fucking clue. They don't, she don't have a fucking clue that you just send this guy into the lion den. Exactly. So I get out of the car, I go, my daughter's name. I go, listen, sit five minutes. She's five. I get out of the car, and I think we're just going to talk. I go, John, what the fuck? Speck? He goes, what are you talking about? You know, with that fucking, uh, what's that, what are they called? That uppity? Nah, privileged. You know, like privileged, nothing's going to yes. happen to me, you know. He goes, and if I did say it, I go, John, just say if you said it. I go, so what you tell We're going back and forth for like three minutes. And I go, John, I don't care if you said it. Just don't say it in front of her. And he goes, I didn't say it in front of her. I goes, John, you got a five-year-old kid, never been to fucking New York City, doesn't even know what a Cuban is, saying the word spick. You got to hear it from somewhere. Just say you said it and apologize. He goes, I'm not doing it. I never said it. Right there, I got hot. Mm. 
I was raised by Italians, and one of them once told me, I don't give a fuck if you kill a motherfucker. Come back, tell me the truth. Don't miss a detail. Right. Don't miss a fucking detail. And I'll do whatever the fuck you need from me. Right. Don't miss that detail. I know you did it. Right. He kept saying, no, no. And he goes, I feel a little threatened. I'm going to call the police. I go, before you call fuck. the police, I got to give you something to go. Bam. And I could see he was tumbling, and I hit him with another Mike Tyson fucking... And some lady's like, leave him alone. I'm like, fuck you, cocksucker. And everything that was in me came out right. at that time. I'm like, fuck you and fuck you and fuck you. And he called the cops. All of a sudden, the cops came. Who's the cop that showed up? My buddy from the HIV place. Wow. He was working. He came right to me. He goes, what happened? I go, you know what happened. I called me a spick. This has been going on. He gave us a ticket to go to court. Wow. I get to court the next day, two, like a week later. My ex-wife is there with the fucking, uh, the guy I hit, the cop from my kidnapping. But when I got locked up, a wise man just told me that when you're in jail, I want you to write a letter to that fucking judge every month. And when you get out, I want you to write him two letters every month and let him know what you're doing, what you're feeling. He goes, I don't give a fuck if you're right or you're wrong. Write him a letter. When I walk into court, who the fuck do you think the judge is? The same judge that sentenced me fucking four years earlier. For the kidnapping? For the kidnapping. Oh. He's now a civil district fucking judge. And he says to her, before you even start, shut your fucking mouth, because you were here three years ago singing his fucking praises. You're not allowed to talk. You were here three years ago saying he was the best thing since sliced bread. Now you want to come in here and tell me he's violent and all this shit? I'm not buying it. He goes, look where he, he hit you, because they were arguing assault, and he goes, look where he hit you. It was in the city limits of Boulder. You can't use a racial slur in the city limits of Boulder, because in the 80s, they had all those problems with the football players right. in Colorado. J.J. Right. Flanagan hit a guy, right. knocked his eyeball out, but the guy so had that, called him something. It's bad to say that. Yeah, it's bad to say that. So he goes, in Boulder, you could get hit, and you got it coming. It's like they had to make my day law. You know, it's like the make my day law. If I see somebody breaking in my house, in fact, I pull his leg in. Right, right. And I shoot him in the ass, and then that's it. What right. happened? He was coming in the house. I don't know what happened. Wow. So we went to court, and then the judge stepped out, and he goes, listen, I'm reading the other reports. The next time you don't give him the kid, I'm going to arrest you for uh, whatever, of court, when you don't listen to the court, yeah. and fine you $1,000. She's yelling crying, how could you do this? He's a felon. He's like, he's working it. You're his obstacle. Don't let it happen again. And on the way out of that court with that arresting, because I had two guys that arrested me. Kolar, which is the cop in the John, John Bonet Ramsey shit. Yeah. Every time you see any John Bonet Ramsey, look at the good-looking Italian cop, Jimmy yeah. Kolar, good dude. The other dude, the American dude, didn't like me. Because like I kept him. telling him, shut the fuck up. I'm not talking to you. And it was funny that we walked out of the court, and I just started. I had five years of abuse of them people saying things to me. Five the, years. Your ex-wife and a- And her little fucking Amity Gun. Did she marry this guy? Or? Yeah, she married Oh, him. she married him. And that's why they wanted to change the name to his name. And on the way out, I remember going, tell him I used to shove carrots up your ass. Because I never shoved a carrot up her ass. I don't do that. I'm a Catholic. I don't shove a carrot up somebody's ass. Right. But I'm yelling, tell him I shoved the carrots up your ass. Tell him how you- he started walking away from her. It was tremendous. At that time, I won. I won right there. I yeah. won, man. Yeah. I fucking won, but what did I win? I don't know. I win dick. 
Vindict, yeah. Because when I turned around that day, a little girl was crying in the car. Uh, yeah. When I went to check on her, she was red. Do you I ever said, talk to her anymore? They stopped talking to me about, uh, well, they pulled their scam. Yeah. The scam I told you my mother did to right. get into the States because then my mom right. left the United States, went back to Cuba, had my sister and me, right. and she came back to the country under an alias. Right. So for the last, I knew my mom, when people come in and go, can we talk to Sophia? I don't know who the fuck Sophia is. Yeah. And my mom would come. He's the little retarded boy from down the corner. I'm yeah. Sophia. I, I don't know who the fuck. So wow. my mom's name was Sophia Cecilio. That was her alias. Her real name was Denora Valdez. But they did right. that. They took her to London, changed her name, and brought her back. Wow. And I haven't spoken to her maybe, she's 33. I haven't spoken to her maybe 20 years. Wow. And you don't speak to your ex-wife, of course, anymore. I called them about five years ago to yeah. try to make peace, you know, and try yeah. to make them. What the fuck? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to walk away. And, I got to uh, ask you a question. You you, you said you because I'm interested in the life you live. Do you believe in God, Joey? I mean, you're Catholic? When I walked out of the step after I found my mother on the floor, you don't believe in fucking nobody. You found your mother dead? Yes, on a hit of acid. <laughs> I went out and did it acid that night. Went home, oh heard her come God. home. My mom used to wake me up in the middle of the night because she loved the city. You know, she's a Yonkers whore. Right. My mother loved Yonkers at midnight. Right. At, yeah. When you leave Aqueduct and you go to Yonkers, you're a disgusting fucking human being. Right. After the, the Met got a beating. So my mom would go from the Met beating to Aqueduct or Yonkers. Nobody does that unless you're a degenerate gambler. Your mother was a degenerate gambler. Degenerate. And then on the way, Cuban, baseball. She yeah. lost all her money on those fucking Mets. I like the Mets now. I'm not mad at them. Yeah. You know, I don't bet them. She bet them. So, right. and then on the way home, she would stop in the city. Uh, what was the place when we were kids? They gave you a steak and a baked potato. Ted's. Ted's. Fucking, no. how did I remember that? <laughs> Ted's. Ted's. She would love a Tads. dollar something for a steak. A dollar, and she would go to Victor's Cafe and yeah. bring me Cuban sandwiches. So she would yell for me every night at three in the morning. Oh, San Antonio! So I would come down. She would bring girls home for me. I'd have to dress up and dance with now, them. How and old shit. were you? 10, 12, when I was a kid. She would wake me up every night at 3 because she had a bar in Union City. But you found her? When I was 16. Oh, at 16. I, she, she sold the bar, and for two years, she was just gambling and drinking. Right. And, you know, she would come home at 3 and wake me up. And I'm like, why do you keep fucking waking me up at 3.30 in the fucking morning? Right. With food. She was top Chinese, Billy Hung's. That yeah. was her fucking world. You know, she knew yeah. all those places. And that one night she came home, she was yelling for me. I'm on acid. I'm hiding under the fucking sheets because yeah. I don't want her to see me. And then I got up in the middle of the night and she wasn't in bed. And I go, what the fuck's going on? I heard the water running. When I went downstairs, she was done. She was gone. When I walked out, when I called the ambulance and they were coming and I was spooked out about sitting there with her, yeah, I didn't believe in God. But I think my belief in God started again. I believed in something. There's something, something stronger than us. Yes. When I started doing comedy, because yeah. the universe takes care of you yes. in magnificent ways. It's not just about the talent and you making people laugh. It takes care of you when you put the effort in, but it takes care of you when you take care of other people. That's when you see the love of God. And I definitely saw God when my daughter came in and told, my wife came in and told me she was pregnant at 50. I was with my wife for 12 years. And we all had, of a sudden, she was pregnant. We had nine cats. You know me, I'm Spanish. I could, I could, I go. Right, yeah. I'm horny when I wake up in the morning. 12 <laughs> fucking years, nothing happened. 
She comes home one day. She goes, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what the fuck is, you know. At first, I was a little apprehensive. I didn't want to go through the feelings I did with the other one, mm. you know. But then I'm like, this is fucking a second chance. And it all came at once. You know, when I was a kid, I used to go to my godmother was a very big Santeria lady in Cuba. And then she came to New York. I mean, my, my godmother was a filthy rich Santeria. Like, she owned mm. three buildings in mm. 148th and Broadway. But I still remember being a kid and listening to her reads when she would read people cards and shit. Mm. And there was this one lady who came in and said that every time they got pregnant, they would lose the child. Not that my wife was having miscarriages. This lady just kept saying she kept losing the child. And one day my, my godmother was reading. I was like seven, and I remember this shit. And she goes, did you ever think that maybe the kid didn't want to go to that fucking house? She goes, a, a child starts up in heaven, and he decides when he wants to come into this world. Well, my daughter did not come in when we were broke. That bitch came the first big paycheck I got. Wow. My wife was pregnant. She didn't want to suffer. So when I took her for her Santeria read when she was born, they said, she's a gift from the witches. The witches made her for you, for what you went through in your life. They wanted to give you a gift. I mean, a fucking writer could sit with you and write three fucking movies in about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Really? An hour. Really. Well, I can see how you feel about all this. It's very emotional for you to talk about this. But, you know, it's like great. It's the wonderful thing I love about comedians is you, and I have the, and I, you guys have funny and you're all funny, but there's a part of each one of you, there's a, there's a sadness that makes you funny. You know, I mean, and I got to say, man, when I saw you in person, I mean, how do you feel when the love of your fans like that? The when you come out, you were fucking ripping it up, and the fans were just, you couldn't even talk. They couldn't get enough love. I mean, it's just an, an, an astounding thing how they love you, Joey. I love them. I put yeah. my love, you know, I like Pink Floyd. Yeah. And Pink Roger Waters is a fucking sack of shit. Right. Because he did something that no other artist would do. The wall. It's a statement. It's a great album, but it's a statement that he made as a joke. It wasn't a joke. Right. He goes, I love what I do. I just build, I will, wish I could build a wall around these motherfuckers so they wouldn't talk to me and I'd have to deal with them. How can you say something like that? They're the people that- These are the people that fucking put the lights on in my house. Right. So how can Roger Waters say, I wish I could just build a wall around them so I wouldn't have to deal with them no more? I love these people. Yeah. And I love that they love me for the reason they love me. Not because I'm a Hollywood guy or whatever. For the same reason we became friends. You saw something, right. I'm a softy somewhere, you know, and uh, they see it. On the way here, some kid almost killed me. When I got into George Washington Bridge, some kid almost killed me. Really? I saw him cutting people off. I thought he was a cop. He pulled up next to me. I knew it was you. I knew it was you. <laughs> Where you going? Pull over. Let's smoke pot. I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> My wife is, you know, but... Listen, man, this is, I think that this mission was more than comedy for me. It was to let people know they could do it. I always tell people that the worst person in your life is your fucking guidance counselor. That motherfucker didn't do nothing for me. Right. Mr. Longano, if I could dig him right, up, right. I'd kick the fuck out of that fuck because he didn't show me what you really had available to yes. you. I wanted to be a, an actor or a stand-up. Point me to the fucking city. That's the right. mecca. 
I grew up in North Bergen. I could yeah. I could swim across the Hudson. Yeah. And you didn't point me to that direction? Yeah. yeah. One of my friends, in fact, this guy, Phil Foley, who passed away from COVID, they, his guy is counsel. We talked about it. They told us that, you know, Italians, we, we should, like, get a city job, you know, a cop, a fireman. Yeah, Nothing wrong with that, but we had other dreams, both of us, you know? I want people to know they have a dream. They have an option. I don't right. give a fuck what. You know, when you are, a lot of people don't know this. When you get out of prison, you go on disability. Did you know that? Did anybody fucking know that? Because you're disabled. Who's going to hire you with a felon? Yeah. As a felon. Well, that's a state of mind. Right. That's a state of mind. Me looking at you and going, Dad, I'm not going nowhere. They're not going to hire me. You're a fucking sack of shit. Get out there. Make your own way. Right. Somebody will hire you. Chaz, I know you don't hire felons, but let me work here for two weeks. If you don't like me after two weeks, you tell me I'm a felon. For me, just to give up. To give up, yeah. I wasn't going to fucking give up. That's why Tim Allen inspired me so much. You know, you inspired me. Because we, when I saw Bronx Tale, I was pissed off at you for a couple of weeks. Like, that cocksucker. Why because, were you mad at me? Because it was a story of somebody not being your father being your father. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, and I always tell people this, and I get emotional. Yeah. I was pissed for a long time, and you should be pissed. God took away my mother and my father at a young age. Beautiful. They had to go. But who we replaced them with? Wow. Listen to me. What would make an Italian person in 1979 take a Cuban in? Till this day, people that I loved, and every time I go over their house, they go, oh, look who it is, the Spickaroo. Hide the fucking pasta. Hide the meatballs. Right. Spickaroo is here. He's going to eat me out of the right, house to right, home. Right. Why would they take me in? Why? Well, they, he loved What me. is the number one thing for an Italian? What does an Italian yell while he's getting killed? Mama. Mama, Yeah. <laughs> Mama, right. when a, a fucking Italian met me and they said, your mother got taken away from you? Are you fucking kidding me? Mm. You know how many Italians I had in my life at the age of 16 that would feed me, bring me chicken cutlets to school, right. care for me? I, remember, I grew up with a kid, he would see me and go, is that my father's shirt? Because I would right. take showers. I would sneak into his house, take showers, and his sisters yeah. would give me the wow. father's shirt. You know, So yeah, God takes but he'll give you more if he takes. And you always got to keep that in mind. I'm not a religious guy. You just got to keep your eyes open when he gives it to yeah, you. Yeah, I wish I went to church every Sunday. I wish that yeah. I sat in the front pew. and wow. I wish I had that right. right. I don't. But I will tell you that he took my parents, but what he put in my life was fucking gold. It was gold. Gold. He put people that took care of me. I was never molested. I was never raped. Right. None of these Italians stuck a finger up my ass. No. They treated me like their own. I took my kids, my daughter's friends, sneaker shopping a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Ended up spending 800 Dresses, yeah. hats, Why candles. Not? Yes. One of the parents came to my house and said to me, why would you do something like this? And I go, let's laugh. I go, I'll tell you why. Because when I was 14 and I had parents, I had a mother. Carmen Balzano, a.k.a. The Torch. He was a cop that lit businesses on fire. Right. So they called him The Torch. He can't call me one day and he goes, I bought you a motorcycle. I bought you an Indian motorcycle. An Indian motorcycle? An Indian. 
fuck. I went over there, and it was a 170cc, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. And I go, Carmine, why would you do this? And he goes, I bought it for my kids, and whatever they get, you get. You understand me? When <laughs> These kids went to Montauk. I went to Montauk. Wow. When the kids went to a Yankee game, I went to a Yankee. I remember my mom going over there and going. guy, this guy. I remember my mom going over there and going, why the fuck would you buy my son? Who the fuck are you to buy? And he go, whoa. He's family here. He walks in the house and eats. I bought it for him. This was some what, fucking guy, man. What my kids get, he gets. So when they, this Italian kid came to my house, Sienna, the father. with right. the, I go, why would you take our daughters? I go, I came from an Italian neighborhood. What the kids got, I got. And not to even say this. Not a lot of people don't know this. If you read the book, Goodfellas. Right. Don't watch the movie. Read the book. I like Goodfellas, yeah. but, after I, but I read the book before I watched the movie. I yes. read the book in the joint. He was on 2020, right? and I got the book, and I, I went to see Goodfellas. It's a great story, but there's a big difference between Sammy and Fucknut. Sammy ran out the mob. Fucknut was raised in Paul Ivario's house. If you read that book, he had the same childhood I did. Whatever Paul Ivario's kids got, he got. There's a chapter when they got him a job in Long Island, bartending, and uh, uh, Lucchese would come in, Tommy Lucchese. Yeah. He got his son that job as a waiter or busboy right. with Henry Hill. Anything Henry got, they took his son out of the movie for some reason. Mm. But that's what pissed me off. That's why the first time I saw Henry, I left the building because he didn't turn on the mafia. He turned on a family. Yeah. He turned on a real Italian family that treated him the way they treated me. I didn't turn on that family. Wow. I was with that family till the end. In fact, when Carmine died three years ago, he left my daughter 10 Gs. I didn't turn on them. The four brothers, but let me tell you something else. I was in that house when he had four kids. This is really going to knock you out, and then I, we got to go, because yes. you're going to have to call me. No, no, no. I grew up in this house. When I got, out of, I got thrown out of Catholic school, and I had to live in my neighborhood. This Italian family took me in because I stuck up for the kid. The, he was my age, Anthony, and I stuck up for him. At the end, when the father was a cop and he came to the bullying, he goes, who stuck up for you? And he goes, the spit kid. And that's why the Carmine came over. He goes, you want to come to my house and eat dinner? And I go, I got to ask my mother. And I never forget Carmine in the cop car bringing me up the block. And I'm sitting in the back, and my mom is sweeping. And she looks up, and she just took the sweeper and took the bottom off and turned the broom around, and Carmine had to get out of the car and go, oh, he's a good kid. He stuck up for our kid. That's uh. what, you did a good job. My mom was like, let me kill him. But that kid, Anthony, we were inseparable. In the eighth grade, he dies. So I filled in. He died in the eighth grade? In the eighth grade. And I fill in to that family. Do you understand Wow. Me? You're, you are, you're blessed. Blessed. Every time God, your life went one way and God blessed you. Uh, God blessed you, Joey. You are blessed. It's you're so one good. of the most blessed people I've ever fucking met. That's why I had to do something good with my life. No, I can see why you get on and you do these things about people getting off their fucking ass and doing something because, hey, you have so much passion about the way your life turned out that you have to tell people about this. I mean, I know you got your book coming out. So 
tell, I mean, could you just tell us where can we get this book or how can we get it? Right now, it's just on pre-order on Amazon. On Amazon. Pre-order, just it's called Tremendous, The Life of a Comedy Savage. It's called Tremendous, The Life of a Comedy Savage. Savage. Fucking Joey Coco Diaz. I, Joey, I, this has been, I've been doing this a while now. This has been a fucking highlight. I mean, I thought it was going to go one way and it went a totally another way, which I'm so excited by. Thank you. Really, I, I mean. I wanted to tell you this story. Holy and shit. We had to get this out. I mean, if you, is there anything you want to tell your fans before we go? I love you. Stay black and keep doing what you're doing. Don't <laughs> settle for none of this shit. Don't believe them. Don't believe them. They're not going to tell you the truth, so don't believe them anyway. Right. Nobody tells the truth today. No. Nobody. Joey Diaz, it's really a fucking honor to meet you, man. It's an honor to be with you, no. my brother. I'm all sweaty. That's yeah, all right. I love you. With I love all my you, heart. man. Thank I love you. For what and you do, really, brother. this has been a highlight for me to yeah. have you. And my son Dante is very pissed that oh. he's not here, but he says I can't wait to see the podcast when Joey cut when Joey's done. Send Dante my love. I saw you singing with the cat the other day. I like it. Keep it up. <laughs> all right. All right. Listen, that's the show for today. God bless you all. Don't forget to go to Chad's Palmetary Show on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, and um, and also, uh, look, don't forget my chadspalmetary.net to see my shows uh, coming up in Arkansas and Texas and Atlantic City. God bless you all, and I will see you next week. <laughs>